0: Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Now, today I'm going to be discussing the New York Rangers, trying to get to the playoffs healthy, and the New York Yankees. Season has started, and they started off pretty decently, so we'll have a quick discussion about the Yankees. So let's go ahead and get started. So the NHL season is winding down. The Rangers have four games left and sit comfortably in third place in the Metropolitan Division. Um, as always, the Rangers have a a tremendous record as they have the last couple years, but there are better teams, uh, record-wise in front of them and in their conference. The Rangers have, I think, the fourth best record in all of hockey and the third best record in their division. So you do the math. That's just how it is. And, um, It's going to be an interesting playoffs as the season winds down. We can start to look forward to the playoffs, talk a little bit about the matchups and what the Rangers need to do. As we know, the Rangers made some big trades at the trade deadline. They got Vladimir Tarasenko, who I think is just going to be great for the Rangers, has been great for the Rangers, and will be a force in the playoffs. He is big. He is strong. He's got a great shot. He's very skilled. I'm very happy we got them. Now, we also got... Patrick Keane, who in his prime was probably one of the greatest American born hockey players ever. At 36, he kind of looks just slow and behind the game a little bit. He's very, very skilled, but he has not been very much help for the Rangers at all. Matter of fact, he was out in last night's game. The Rangers beat Tampa Bay in what was a chippy. Fun, energy-filled game on Wednesday night, six to three, and they did not have Kane in the lineup, and they looked just sharper for whatever reason. They also, by the way, got Lindgren back, which really helped. But Kane seems to be kind of indecisive, and I, uh, I don't know what to say. He seems to be kind of a drag on the team, Patrick Kane, even though he's a you know supposedly a big waiver deadline pickup. Um, he's kind of been indecisive with the puck a lot of times. He's prone to turnovers. He's very slow. And it not just slows his line down, it kind of slows the team down. Um, He better have another gear in the playoffs. It might just be that he's old, he's not trying very hard in the regular season. It's been written about, talked about. Great. I want to see it now in the playoffs. If he's this great, great, great player still, you know, I know he he has been. But if he still is that player, he needs to take it up a gear because it has not been there so far in the regular season. That said, the Rangers have been playing mostly – Pretty damn well. Uh, They're 11-2-2 over the last 15 games. They're sitting comfortably in third place in the Metropolitan Division. They're probably going to go ahead and um, play the New Jersey Devils in the first round, which for me actually concerns me. I, I do not think we match up very well at all with the Devils. The Devils this year have real exciting team speed, um, relentless kind of uh, forechecking and speed off the rush. Uh, The Rangers have not looked good in any of the games against the Devils this year. Um, I hope it's not one of those years where the Rangers have a better team top to bottom, but the Devils seem to have their number, and that that might be kind of how it is this year. So we're going to have to see how the playoffs... um, when the playoffs start, we'll have to see what happens. Sometimes the game's a little different in the playoffs. So, you know, how the regular season goes isn't always how the playoffs go sometimes, but um, there's enormous talent on the devils this year. And, and it's, you know, it's not my favorite first round matchup by a long shot. Um, I'd almost rather that the Rangers play the hurricanes who are probably even a better team, but who the Rangers, I think match up better with. And we're going to have to see now last night, Ryan Lindgren came back. He was in, He's enormously important, right? He's a defenseman that, you know, is Adam Fox's defense pairing. And he's so important. He's so important. He's a great defensive defenseman. But he's more than that. And people don't even give him credit for, you know, all the things he is. Not only is he tough, but he's actually fast. He's a very good skater. He's always in the right spot. He's very responsible defensively. He lets Fox be a little more creative when he needs to be. Um, and he deepens that defense lineup tremendously. His absence for, I don't know, whatever it was, 17 of the last 18 games, um, it definitely showed on our defense. We have had poor defensive play a lot of games. We've won a lot of games, but we have not played well defensively very much without him in there. In any case, him being back, along with Kane being out, I think, I don't know what the reason, Rangers look tremendous. That that win over Tampa Bay last night was it felt like a playoff game, even though the score was a little higher than you'd typically get in a playoff game at 6-3. Um, it was chippy. It was fast. There were fights left and right, you know, people thrown at. There was, it was very exciting. Late hits, chippiness, um, up and down the ice. <clears throat> it was one of those more exciting games. Um, I remember the Range B Cavalry in overtime a couple months ago after they were off for a weekend. That was one of the most exciting games of the year. Probably still is, but I put this right up alongside that as two of the better played, more exciting Ranger games of of the season. Um, The Rangers stood toe-to-toe with what is a great Tampa Bay team and um, came out on top. We'll see what the playoffs hold. Now, Jacob Truba got hurt in the game, and that's a very big concern. Of course, Gallant being Gallant, he's day-to-day, right? You know, that means... Absolutely, absolutely zero coming from Gallant because Gallant says day to day if somebody's out for six months, you know. So I I don't know what he means when he says day to day because it never seems to hold, you know, when when Lingram was out all that time. Every time it was day to day, day to day, day to day. It was 31 days. So I guess 31 days is day to day with, um, you know, Gerard Gallant. So uh, either the doctors are lying. In saying people are day-to-day when they're not, or Gallant, you know, knows that they're not day-to-day, but is telling everyone else they're day-to-day. And it drives me friggin' nuts. I don't know why, you know, this veil of secrecy with hockey injuries is just ridiculous. It is what it is. If he's not going to be here for a week or a couple weeks, or if is going to be out for the beginning of the playoffs, that's a tremendous impact for the Rangers. I mean, he's the driving physical force on the Rangers team. Now, I've had my issues with Trouba in the past, and certainly the beginning of this season, the first half, Trouba sucked balls. But he stepped up since about December January and played much better. He continued his great hitting, and he's a big part of this team. And if he's hurt and he's out for any length of time, that is a tremendous, tremendous problem for, for the Rangers, who are going to be playing the Devils in the first round of the playoffs. Now, let's talk a minute about the playoffs, then we'll move on to the Yankees. So, After the next four games, the Rangers will meet the Devils in the first round of the playoffs. Almost certainly. Things could possibly change. There's a slight chance they could play the Hurricanes, but it's almost certain they're going to be playing the Devils. Um, How do they match up? I mentioned before, I don't think it's a great matchup. The Rangers have better goaltending. The Rangers have, I would say a greater number of elite scorers, um, especially with the addition of, you know, Tarasenko and to a lesser extent, Keane. But of course they have Panarin and they have, you know, obviously they have Chris Kreider, who's actually coming back and having a, a better year. And of course, Mika Zibanejad who is an absolute superstar. Um, and all the kid lines uh, play pretty damn well. You know, Artemi Panarin, of course is brilliant, but you know, we have, let me see. All three, I would say, right? We have, a, you know, you have Hedl, and you have Lafreniere, and you have Kako, and they've stepped up and played much better recently. Their game has been so much better, and we all remember last year in the playoffs how well that kid line played. So there's a lot of talent on the Rangers. I don't know if I'd give the edge to them overall because the Devils have just owned us in the regular season when it comes to, you know, chances off the rush and forward play. Um, and so we're going to have to see. Um if we managed to get by the Devils in the first round, we would likely then have to play Carolina again in the second round divisional game. And that is a very, very tough, tough matchup as we saw last year. We had to go seven games um, and finally won any game seven. If we get past them, the likely opponent would be Boston, who is just all world this year. Boston Bruin is head and shoulders above everyone else in the NHL by a wide margin. So then we'd have to beat them. And then we get to the Stanley Cup Finals and to face whoever comes out of the West, which could be a number of teams. So um, it is a long, hard road to a Stanley Cup championship this year. There are so, so many good teams in the East. Um, it's going to be tough to get through. The Rangers need to stay healthy. If Lingering um, stays healthy, Truba comes out of this healthy. And Kane is actually healthy. He was out Um Maybe the Rangers have a chance, but I'm excited for the playoffs. I'm excited for how they played recently. Let's go, Rangers. I'm going to move on and talk about the Yankees for a little bit here. Um, so the Yanks have played six games, four and they're 4-2. and They've won two of three um, in each of their first uh, couple of matchups. A pretty good start for the Yankees. A um, couple notes here real quick. A judge is off to a great start, and that's just Excellent to see. Had a home run. His first pitch he saw of the year. He's ends up. He's got a couple homers. He's batting well. He looks really good. DJ is hitting the ball hard every time. Up now, he he seems back to normal, which is great. He's just barreling the ball left and right, um, hitting the ball hard. Even his outs are hard. Um, you know, it, it's. I have to say, nothing changes um, because I'm, I'm. You know. I was upset that they brought Boone and Cashman back. I was upset that Cashman didn't really change the team much. Um, Luckily, in the end, they went with Volpe, which is a significant change for the team. But other than that, you know, Hicks is still on the team and he looks awful as predicted and as everybody knows he would be, you know, suck ass. Suck ass number two, Josh Donaldson, continues to look awful, you know, to the surprise of no one. He still can hit. Hicks still can hit. Hicks still can field. Donaldson can feel pretty well most of the time, but he's still annoying. He still doesn't run things out when he hits, you know, if he hits a home run that's, you know, uh, a wall scraper, you know, six inches over the wall, he stands there and stares at it. Remember, he got caught several times last year doing that bullshit, you know. And, of course, Boone will never tell anyone, you know, to run anything out. God forbid, you know, somebody respects the manager. They have to like him and be pals with him. All right, I'm going to get away from there for a minute, but, you know, Hicks and Donaldson are still on the team, and they still look terrible. Now, Volpe is a great surprise. I am absolutely shocked that the Yankees went in this direction, and I'm very, very happy that they did. Volpe is a 21-year-old kid who is now the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees, and he's exactly, exactly what this team needs. Now, he's not hitting that well at the moment. That will come. He's a really good hitter. Um, but he's hitting enough. He has speed, which his team needs and which every team needs. You cannot have a team nowadays without speed. The Yankees were not the fastest team. They got much faster with Volpe on the team. He is an elite base dealer. He's already, he stole three in the first three games of the year. He's an elite base dealer. His defense looks really, really good. He's young. He brings youth athleticism he has a surprisingly good eye at the plate, Volpe does, which I'm shocked. For a young player, you know, if you've been around the game for a while, and, you know, I kind of feel like my dad. I've watched this game for so many years, uh, and I, I can, it's really, of all the things of Volpe, it, what surprises me most is how good an eye he has at the plate this early in his career. you got to think of think of being a 21-year-old kid and <laughs> being the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees. Think about that. I, I have kids. Um a couple of which are 18 and one who just turned 21. And if one of my kids was the starting search off for the Yankees, to be that mature, to be that disciplined at the plate is amazing because you, you think, right, you're a kid, you want to get your first hit, you want to hit everything. You know, he has a tremendous eye for pitches that are an inch or two off the plate. And, and not like like Hicks, like trying to get a walk, like Hicks just, People say Hicks has a good eye. He doesn't have a good eye. Hicks just doesn't want to swing the bat. Volpe swings at strikes and doesn't string at balls. Now, he's got called out on a couple bad pitches that were not strikes already this year. So I'm hoping the umps, you know, fix their their calls because it's been a a tough go for Volpe a few times where he's taken legitimate balls off the plate and they call them strikes. But that aside, I, I am very amazed and proud of the way that Volpe is mature enough to have plate discipline at this age. And normally that's not a big thing I care about, but it's a sign in a 21-year-old of things to come. If you are at an emotional place at that age where you're not too anxious to try to swing at everything all the time, that is a great sign for the future. And I think it's another characteristic of Anthony Volpe that bodes well for this team. Uh, again, I think he's mature for his age. I think he has great defense. He's great with the media. He's an exuberant team, right? He's an exuberant for the team, and that I think that helps. This, this, this team needs an infusion of youth and exuberance. They're a bunch of old corporate, you know, blah blah blah. You know, everyone's over thirty years old, and you, you know they're not that they're bad players, but you know it's a very corporate, buttoned-up friggin' team, right? They they need some youthful exuberance to, you know, get this team loosen up and playing well, and more of Anthony Volpe, more of some of these kids. They could have actually done well and, and played Jason Dominguez, too, and so we got fucking Hicks out there. But, you know, I'll take Volpe because that's all we're going to get as far as this year. So, I'm really, really, really happy with Volpe. His hitting will come. Um, baseball's a long year. we got to have patience with the kid. You know, if he's hitting, you know, 158 or 170 in May, I think we just have to be Patient, let him do his thing. It'll come around. He can hit. He's hit at every level he's going to hit in the majors. Let's just give him a little time. He's in the ninth position anyway, so it's not like he's hurting anything at the moment. Very happy with Volpe. Uh, We had this um, major league debut of Brito. And Brito was awesome. This is a kid from the minors who had his first major league start. And he was tremendous. Just an absolutely brilliant start the other day. And then, of course, he was sent right back down, you know, to the minors. So, good on us. Fantastic. We're keeping Schmidt, who seems to suck balls for whatever reason. Schmidt has got to be on, you know, the major league team because he's out of options. Well, is the goal here to not run out of options or is the goal here to pitch your best pitchers? Schmidt is going to be what? What are we going to use Schmidt for, guys? Is he going to be a starter on this team? It certainly doesn't seem that way to me. Maybe... You know, genius Cashman and other people think Schmidt has what it takes. I do not. I don't think Schmidt is any good. I think we've seen him over the periods of the last two years here. He doesn't look very good. He developed a new pitch this year, they say. Great. He's still getting hit all over the park. I I don't know what it is or how long we're going to wait. But keeping him on this team, you know, at the expense of Burrito, doesn't make any sense at all. But it's typical Cashman. It's exactly what Cashman would do. And and I'm going to talk about another thing in a second about Cashman. And it's it's a symptom of why Cashman should not have been back. And and I'm telling you, there's no doubt about my mind with where this year is going to end up with Cashman and Boone still here. We've talked about that, but you're seeing it as it happens, right? So this is, this is a very early instance of being a moron, you know, sending Brito down and keeping Schmidt for absolutely no reason, right? Trade him, DFA him. He's not going to play. Cole is off to a great start, so that's one good thing, you know, and one of a few good things happening so far this year. It's great to see Cole, you know, off to a strong start, looking like a bulldog, you know, pitching strong, has just been excellent in his two starts so far, and that is a great sign for the Yanks because he's had his troubles, you know, over the last year or two with the Yanks. Intermittently, giving up a lot of home runs. So far, he hasn't done that. We'll see how he gets out of the gate after this. Gleber Torres. Right? So I want to talk about Glaber Torres as it relates to both himself, the Yankees, and Brian Castro. So Gleber Torres, I've been advocating forever, needs to be traded. Gleyber Torres needs to be traded. Gleber Torres does not have a position on the New York Yankees to play. So he needs to be traded. I've been saying this for a year. I've been saying it in the offseason. I said it just before the season. And now he's off to a great start. I am doubling down and very, very, very excited because if Cashman was able to actually trade him now, his value is super high. We get a tremendous return right at this moment for Gleyber Torres. Trading someone when their value is high is exactly what GM should be doing, and there is never going to be a time where Cashman and the Yankees can get more back for Glaber Torres than we can right now, right? Some good pitcher, young pitcher, you know, some excellent young player with speed, whatever you want to trade for, Glaber Torres does not have a position on the Yankees. Now, you know, if he wants to be a permanent DH and somehow play Stanton in the field every day or something, you know, then you're wasting spots on the team. But his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. He started off great. He's hit a couple homers. He stole a couple bases. He's walked some. His average is high. He's getting hits even when his bat shatters. This is as good a start for Gleyber Torres as you're going to have. Now, if you fast forward a month or two from now, it's going to be the same frigging Gleyber Torres at the plate, right? He's going to be batting whatever, 248, 238. You know, it's going to be, oh, you know, he's in a slump. He's only, you know, two for his last, you know, 21 or one for his last, you know, you know, 13, whatever it is, you know. And it's going to be back to normal because as we know with baseball, people are what they're batting, you know, what their baseball card is. Right. And if you're too young to know what that means, there are baseball cards that have gone back 50, 60 years where it's it's the person's you know face and picture on one side and all of his batting stats are on the back you turn over a baseball card and their lifetime stats are there and it has every year and how many hits they have and how many homers and what their batting average is and everything else and for folks that have been in the majors for a long enough time like Torres at this point you know after say I don't know three four years You basically are what your batting card is. Now, some people have been able to improve or some people get worse too over time. But in general, once you have enough of a career, you've established how good or bad you are and you have ups and downs, but you're generally what your batting card is, right? And what your baseball card is. And Glaber Torres is a fairly good hitter, you know, um, who is not a good defender at all. And, And that's what we're already seeing here. And right now, he looks way better at the plate than he will be looking in a month or two. So now is the time to trade him. Now, in the field, he's very lazy. He's a terrible defender. Now, he looks smooth a lot of times, and I'll tell you why. Because he has very inaccurate throws. He continues to throw the ball all over the place. So what he's now doing to compensate is he's constantly throwing the ball on the run all the time right? And that's going to come back to haunt him. So if he has to be running, if he's playing shortstop and the ball's up the hole, but up the middle, but it's an easy play. He's just got to take a couple steps. He won't stop, plant, and fire. He'll just keep running towards center field and sort of throw on the run. And so far, it's been accurate and he looks all cool and smooth, but he's doing that because every time he stops and throws, there's inaccurate throws. So while he's made some plays so far, um, he's been fine. There hasn't been any great plays. He hasn't made any quote-unquote errors, but he's already hurt the team defensively. The other day, he blew two double plays. There were two balls hit to Volpe. One of them was a hard-hit ball with a runner on first, and Volpe fielded it, and Torres was nowhere near second base. I mean, not within 15 feet, and he didn't even make an effort to get there on time. Again, he's so fucking lazy in the field, Torres. He didn't even try to get to second, so Volpe was waiting, waiting, waiting for Torres to get in their second and Torres barely even tried. And then, you know, Volpe had to throw the ball to first. That was number one. Later in that game, a nice play by Volpe, kind of a backhand stab, quickly turned, fired to second to Torres, who fumbled, 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 and then never threw to first because he could get the ball out of his glove. So there were two potential double plays that would have been double plays with any other shortstop, but because Torres was playing second with any other second baseman. But because Glaber Torres was playing second, we had zero double plays instead of two double plays. And that's just a early game in April. And it's just one way that Torres is not a good defender. He is not a good second baseman. He occasionally will make a really good play. And everyone will say, oh, see, he's improved his defense. It has not improved. He is slow. He is lazy. You'll see as the season goes on. There'll be balls where he just doesn't bend far enough, and the ball just goes under his glove. He's lazy. He's slow. We already saw twice he couldn't make a double play. It is the beginning of April, and that happened twice in one game. What's it going to be if you take that out over the season? Important improvements to the Yanks, things that they need to close the gap on Houston are better defense and team speed. Now, while Torres occasionally can steal a base— Team speed doesn't just mean stealing bases. It means being quick on defense, right, and being sharp on defense. And that's the opposite of what Gleyber Torres is. So, if there is a time to trade Gleyber Torres, right now is the time. He is at his peak trade value this second, early in April. Brian Cashman will not do this because Brian Cashman is a moron. Right. We know how he lets any kind of trade value for people go to their lowest possible place it can be before you try to trade them or release them. Look at, you know, how bad, you know, Andy Hoare was at the end when they got rid of him. Right. And now he's flourishing somewhere else. And you can just go back and name a million other people. Right. Everyone else, you know, (laughs) look how they ruined job at Chamberlain. Everybody else. I'm not going to go back years and years. Cashman does not know how to trade people at you know, when it is time to trade them. Now is the time. It will not happen. A couple of quick other odds and ends, and then we'll finish this off here. Uh, oh, my God. Stanton's homer. Jeez, Louise! I don't know if you guys saw this, man, but holy moly. Giancarlo Stanton, when he hits homers, he hits some of the most incredible, ridiculous, hard-hit monster balls. He hit that ball up the center field. 485 feet, they said. They could have said 585. I would have believed it. It was just so far. And if you guys saw it, you know what I'm talking about. Way, way, way up high. I mean, almost to the center field scoreboard. I mean, if you don't know, center field, hitting just any homer on the center field the Yankee Stadium is a far shot because the fence is 406, right? So to actually hit a homer and land over the fence, it has to be at least 407 and generally 410 or 415 for the Shortest homer you can possibly hit in center field, right? And so he hit it over the fence, past the bullpen, above the next level, above there's like this giant black area for the batter's eye behind center field so that when the pitcher pitches, you can see the ball. There's a tall, tall, tall 15, 20-foot black area behind the bullpen, behind everything above the first level. So he hit it over the first level, over the batter's eye black thing. There's another level above that where the camera people sit. He hit it above that. And then there's like a row of standing room only people there. And he hit it into the standing room only people, which is just a tremendous moonshot. Boy, it was, it was just incredible. What, what a shot by stand. So he's got a couple homers and starting out okay at the plate, which is great to see. I love that. Other odds and ends. Michael King's had a tough start. He looked great in preseason, but he's had a kind of a rough start, um, you know, in the season so far. Um, Hasn't given up too many of his own runs, but he's let a few inherited runners score, and he's looked up and down. Hopefully he'll get back together. He's a great pitcher. Um, the Yanks need to just, in, in general, you know, get healthy and keep keep going with youth if possible, you know, which is something that Cashman is, you know, Just a foreign concept for him. But we have, you know, Bader is still out on the I.L. as well as uh, Rodon, you know, our great new lefty savior pitcher. Um, Along, by the way, with Tommy Canely and our other reliever Trevino still on the I.L. with some others. So, you know, we have some people coming back who can help the team for sure. We'll see how we do. Let's go Yankees. And that's all I have for you today. So I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks, and have a good day.